sugarcoat shit. <laughs> this is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio. Fellas, didn't get what you were hoping for from Santa Claus this year? Looking to add a little spice to things in the bedroom? Been fantasizing about an adventurous new adult toy or movie? Well, then we have an offer that you won't be able to resist. Go to toysforpleasure.vegas and, for a limited time, you'll get 20% off store-wide and we'll even throw in free shipping for any order above $100. And no, we're not teasing. So check out toysforpleasure.vegas today and use special offer code BABE69 upon checkout and make sure all your adult fantasies come true with toysforpleasure.vegas today. Remember, use offer code BABE69, that's B-A-B-E-6-9, to receive a 20% discount on your entire order, and gift the gift that Santa forgot to give this year. Warning! The content you're about to hear contains spoilers, so if you have not watched the show, movie, or read the book in question, turn off your radio now, because there are spoilers. Spoilers ahead! Warning! Warning! Danger Will Robinson! Spoilers ahead! Don't say you haven't been warned. Hey, hey, welcome, Renegade Nation. It's me, Naughty Nicole. I know I have been MIA, but I promise you I am back. And guess what? It's time for another Renegade review. You guessed it. And today, well, we are talking about one of my absolute favorites, and I hope it's one of yours, Game of Thrones Season 7 premiere. Ah, yes, the wait is finally mercifully over. And this was without a doubt the longest downtime between seasons in history. But it is finally over, and we can finally find out what happens to all of our favorite characters. And some of those not-so-favorite characters that we just love to hate. And if you'll remember, we left on the line, Winter is here. And you have got to hand it to the Game of Thrones guys, because seriously, oh my fucking god, right? If we were taking Super Bowl-style prop bets, Walder Frey wouldn't have had a snowball chance in hell odds of being any character seen in the first shot. But the former Lord of River Run, well, is, after all, quite dead. Yet, there he was in all his crappy glory. That's right. In a prologue sequence, Walder Frey appears in a red wedding-style setting and cheers his nasty little family on. As Walder stands at the head of the family, it becomes increasingly clear that he may not be Walder Frey at all. He says he's gathered every Frey who means a damn thing so he can reveal his plans for the coming winter. He gives everyone proper wine for proper heroes, and they toast together and cheer. But then old Walder, well, he starts talking about that good old Red Wedding. He calls everyone brave men for now, get this, butchering a woman pregnant with a baby and for cutting the throat of a mother of five. 
the room, well, it goes deathly silent. Then, well, people start dropping like flies. And you hear, you didn't slaughter every one of the Starks. That was your mistake, Frey continues. Leave one wolf alive, and the sheep are never safe. One by one, every Frey who, well, means a damn thing, drops dead right fucking there, poisoned by that proper wine. That's right, let the bodies hit the floor. The bodies lie motionless everywhere, and... Arya Stark peels off her Walder mask and tells Frey's child bride, When people ask you what happened here, tell them. The North remembers. Tell them winter came for House Frey. And with that, winter has come. Come all over the House Frey's pinched little fucking faces. Now that's how you start a freaking season off. That's right. Then, if that wasn't enough, Arya kicking badass. We had zombie giants! Oh my fucking god! A very short scene previewed the army of the dead through a brand vision, and it seems the Night King has picked up a few dead giants along his way, and the one that they shown appears to be one one, due to the missing eyeball, but the internets are still debating that one, so we're not quite sure. I'm just saying, let's just hope a freaking dragon doesn't die, because what the fuck is going to kill that? And then we see Bran and Mira crossing the wall. Oh, dear Bran. Maybe, just maybe, you shouldn't breach the wall since, well, you know, the Night King marked you and all, and now he's going to be able to break through its magic the same way he broke through the Three-Eyed Raven's magic at the cave. You know, the one where you got fucking Hodor killed. Damn you, Bran. You're a fucking Leroy Jenkins. I don't fucking care. Now on to my favorite moment. Now I'm I'm the first one to say to you, I have loved Arya Stark from the absolute beginning and will love her until the day that she dies and comes back to life as a White Walker. But seriously, my favorite moment of the entire episode was Lyanna Mormont. That bitch has no chill and I love her. That's right, we catch up with John and Sansa at Winterfell where John is consolidating the Northern Armies he tells the northern lords that everyone should be trained to fight, including all females over the age of 10. When Robert Glover scoffs at the notion, Lyanna Mormont, I love her, gives him a verbal bitch slap of the premiere, and I loved it. Seriously, this is what she said. I don't plan on knitting by the fire while men fight for me. I might be smaller, and I might be a girl, but I am every bit as much a northerner as you, and I don't need your permission to defend the north. We'll begin training every man, woman, boy, and girl on Bear Island. You wanted to know what Naughty Nicole was like like a kid? Serious, Lyanna Mormont, spitting fucking image. I love her. Then, of course, John gives Sansa some shit for shining him on with a butt sentence. Something Benjen Stark once warned Tyrion Lannister about way back in season one. That's right, John asks her, what did father used to say? Everything but before the word but is horseshit? Yeah, that was a cool callback for the true Thrones fans. And a little tidbit for those just walking along with us. And I did love it how when John and Sansa received the raven from King's Landing requesting that King Snow bend the knee to Queen Cersei... And when they start discussing it, Sansa almost seems like she's 
gushingly praising Cersei's penchant for wrecking vengeance, something that Jon seems to pick up on. Sansa reveals that she actually learned a great deal from Cersei. That may seem an in innocuous phrase to you, but it's the first real signal that Sansa is full of bloodlust and maybe has a little bit of Cersei in her as well. And even though Cersei looks and stands like a queen, they have the same hair, the same hands crossed arrogance. Sansa's been abused for the entire duration of the show until now, and she wants revenge on everyone. And she's just like that Lannister queen. And we know that Game of Thrones is not without its sense of humor, because seriously, they will crack you the fuck up. Past episodes have featured scenes like Tywin's horse taking a dump right in front of the camera, which was hilarious. The internet had fun with that. But we haven't seen anything quite like the Edgar Wright-style montage featuring the daily slog of Sam's life at the Citadel. It's disgusting and hilarious. And I'm not the only one that thought that the slop they were feeding actually looked like it came from the bedpans. No? Just me? Alright. Whatever. But the best part of the episode, by far, is Tormund's continued tortured love for poor Brienne. Tormund's fire for Brienne hasn't smoldered once since last year, and that wild ginger has a great moment where he tells Podrick, you're a lucky man, after Brienne knocks him in the dirt while sparring. Tormund has been eyeing Brienne all episode, and if you didn't catch it, they even had a little conversation out of earshot while Sansa ignores Littlefinger up on the balcony. Sadly, though, we might have seen the last of this prospective couple, which breaks my poor little black heart, because Tormund has been tasked to protect Eastwatch by the sea. And we'll have more on that in just a minute. Now, the one thing that I was looking forward to in this premiere was actually learning where Arya was going to go after leaving the twins. I expected her to go north to Winterfell and reunite, reunite with Jon and Sansa, but she says she's heading south instead. And she kind of jokes with the Lannister soldiers at that camp that she's on her way to kill the Queen. Oh, and by the way, fuck Ed Sheeran. He is the illegitimate love child of Tormund and Brienne, and I love him, but seriously, honey, stick to singing. You're, you're brilliant as a songwriter, brilliant as a singer, not so much as an actor. Sorry, honey. On to the saddest moment for me, at least, you know, one, was the Hound's prediction for that man and his daughter back way back in season four, unfortunately came true. They didn't survive the winter. The Hound finds shelter at their house once again, this time with the Brotherhood without banners, but not Arya. He buries them in a very solemn scene, but the coolest part about this sequence is the Hound peering into the fire along with Thoros and Beric. He's become a true believer. In his fire vision, he sees the wall, Eastwatch by the sea, an arrowhead mountain, and the army of the dead, thousands of them. Oh, shit, and isn't that where Tormund's going, huh? Yeah, well, I'm sorry, Brienne, but this man is on his way out the door. So sorry. And we learned that Sam, well, he is a little bit of a troublemaker. He steals the keys to the restricted area of the Citadel Library and studies the secret history of the Long Night with Jilly. 
He discovers a map that shows that there's a mountain of dragon glass beneath Dragonstone, something Stannis once alluded to in a conversation that they had way back in Season 5. And a cache of dragon glass is exactly what the living are going to need to fight those White Walkers. Also, it's worth noting, the cat's paw dagger is shown in one of Sam's books also. Watch for its return, because I promise you it will be back this season. But Thrones went the quiet route with Daenerys when she landed back at her deserted family home. An event that was years in the making, and I personally appreciated that they did it very solemnly. She softly touches down with her inner circle, touches the wet black sand. They tour the castle silently, and the episode ends with the one Daenerys line, Shall we begin? And... For those of you that stuck around for the preview, that's right. The teaser preview for episode two clearly shows Arya meeting a snarling wolf. Could this be? Might this be Nymeria? That's right. You guys forgot all about her way back in season one, but I think Nymeria is back. Let's hope that the wolf girl gets a traveling companion because you know what? We knew this was going to happen anyways, right? All right, my darlings. All right, Renegade Nation, catch us next time. And if you like this review, or if you have a comment, or you just want to tell me to go fuck myself, send us a like or post a comment. Let me know what you think. You can even email me directly at NaughtyNicoleRenegadeTalk at gmail.com. Hey, do you have a show, a movie, or a book that you want me to review? You know what? Let me know. I mean, I'm not saying that I'm going to, but let me know. So I can at least make fun of you and mock you on air. And you never know. It might be something I'm actually interested in. And I might actually do the review. Alright my darlings. I shall see you next time on Renegade Reviews. Here on Renegade Talk Radio. We don't sugarcoat shit. This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio.